Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's a suggestion yeah, for a guest or topic, let us know. We're always checking comments on YouTube. Love to hear from you guys and then get your either topic or the guest you suggest onto the Diesel Podcast. Today I'm going to be chatting with Johnny from Stainless Diesel. I wanted to catch up with him on the race, uh, the race car, race program what's coming up, um, events he's going to be at, and also wanted to chat with him about boost leaks, which is something that can be a nightmare to try to find uh, you know, where they're at. So they've got a really cool product that they offer on their website to help you guys be able to find those. And then I asked him a little bit about like the VP44 trucks, 5.9 common rails, um, some other vehicles where, you know, some places to look for where they can start to get boost leaks as they get older, get a lot of mileage on them. So it's going to be a great conversation. Before we get to it though, I want to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors, DMAX Store. We appreciate their support. They're, uh, they specialize in Duramax performance, whether you got an LB7 all the way to L5P, anything in between. That's what they live in eat and breathe is Duramax performance. So if you have a Duramax truck looking to make sure that it lasts as long as it can, performs up to your expectations, or you just need to refresh it, definitely head on over to dmaxstore.com. Check out what they have. Um, anything from the engine to powertrain, suspension, maintenance items, they've definitely got you covered. If you have any questions about uh, maintenance or upgrades for your Duramax, just give them a call at 877-4MY-DMAX. They're more than happy to chat with you guys, answer your questions, and make sure that you get the parts that you need to make the truck run how you want. Also, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off discount code for you. Use code 20diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com. If you're in the market for an EDC knife, something hunting, fishing, um, or use around the job site, around the house, they've definitely got you covered no matter what your budget is. So um, there's a lot of pictures, a lot of things you guys have, uh, have sent in to us. Let us know about the cool gear you got. So if you're in the market, it's a great way to save 20% off site wide, get some cool gear. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Johnny from Stainless Diesel talking about racing, diesel performance, and then how to track down boost leaks. Johnny, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. How you been? Doing good, buddy. Good to be back on with you. Yeah, we're getting into springtime here pretty soon, racing, people doing stuff to their, their trucks, and I know there's a lot that uh, that we can chat about. It, one of my favorite questions to always ask is, like, what, what do you guys hear on the phones? What are people coming into the the shop asking you guys because I, I bet there's a lot of people listening that can have the same questions or you know are, are fighting the same challenges and you guys hear it all monday monday to friday and probably even weekends a little bit too <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah definitely a lot of racing stuff going on this winter um we've been doing a lot of stuff with the pro mod uh it's down at hammer tech race cars uh, again there tony uh 
helped us quite a bit with the chassis. Um, Tony used to work um, with the Antron Brown on his team for a long time with Don Schumacher Racing and Top Fuel. So he's got a really good uh, amount of experience and he helped us quite a bit with the chassis uh, revamp. Basically, um, not sure how many people know, but we uh, went off the end of the track down there at Shy Diesel uh, last year, 2022. Uh, parachute failed to come out. Uh, the front end of the car got bent up pretty good, uh, watered up the uh, carbon fiber hood. So we have a new hood that's getting fitted down there. Tony essentially cut the front half of the car off and retubed it all. Uh, we made some updates, so it should be a little bit, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster, and uh, definitely uh, excited to get that going for this year. Are you finding out there that the uh, the gas racing world is maybe taking more notice of the diesel stuff, or kind of interested in it, or seeing what's going on at the track? And or, you know, I, I kind of just think maybe at one point it was almost like you'd laugh or joke or something when you'd see them, but they're getting so fast and, and these times and the, the trap speeds are, are getting up there. I'm curious if they're taking notice. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, just with Ryan here the last, uh, last week at, uh, you know, with that lights out 14. So, um, he made some really good runs qualified number one early in the week, uh, settled out on a, on a 32 car field. He settled out qualified number four, um, right before the race, he made it down to the semifinals, you know, so, essentially four cars left, which is amazing for the diesel. So he's uh, got the record mile an hour in the class. Um, he runs our stainless diesel manifold on that combination. Beautiful blue Nova. Um, so all the gas guys are just, you know, shaking their heads. And they actually made some new rules for him, I think, limiting his um, nitrous jet size, um, as well as uh, adding weight to the car to slow him down. So I think the, the gas guys are taking notice, you know, for sure. I did want to ask you about that because he chatted with me a bit about how in the class that he's in, they're looking, they're trying to keep it as much parity as they can. So the way his car was set up is he was a little bit slower on the 60 foot, but he would go really fast, like mid track and towards the end. And they look at the way and, you know, he was telling me that people out there that may not be too familiar, they think they're just putting rules on him because he's a diesel and they don't want him to succeed, right. but it's really about creating parity. So in the class that you're in yes. and the kind of racing you do, is it similar or different or or what's it like for you? So interesting note, um, in the in the ODSS, you know, the Outlaw Diesel Super Series, which we're racing in now, for Pro Mod class, I mean, it's, it's essentially there's a weight uh, restriction. So anything um, Pro Mod in the rule book is essentially under 3,600 pounds and diesel that it could be four wheel drive, could be two wheel drive. Uh, in that particular class that we switched to, you know, from pro street class, um, as opposed to, you know, the pro street class is 4,400 pounds on the weight limit deal. So like take that over to the gas side. Um, uh, we're, we're planning on maybe hitting some of uh, NMCA stuff around us. And there is a six cylinder import rule. There's no diesel rule yet, but I'm, I'm hoping to change that soon. Um, but uh the dual power adder is kind of the rules uh, looked at funny. So sometimes diesel is a, just a normal diesel with a turbo is not considered a power adder. Um, but we run nitrous, obviously, you know, uh, with the turbo. So um, getting the rules to be looked at a little differently is, is the thing. Um, we're actually going to run with the Street Outlaw Boys this year is what we plan to make a few appearances there and uh, run No Prep Kings. Uh, series and they're they're coming around i think we're going to try to hit the bowling green race and maybe the uh, st louis race for sure 
Uh, we're looking at a couple more that we might be able to hit with the pro mods. So um, it's called Big Tire Outlaw. We would fit into that class. And there are some weight restrictions in there as well for what we're doing. But again, um, no diesel specific rules yet, but I'd see those coming soon, I'd imagine. I bet there's going to be a lot of, well, it's going to gain a lot of attention doing the street outlaw stuff too, just with the amount of people that pay attention to it all over the country. And I think as it gets more common, there'll probably be these rules that you mentioned, which was really, it's really fascinating for me to, because I kind of got a an inside look because I don't, I don't race you know, like you guys do, yeah. <clears throat> but just understanding mm -hmm. the science that goes between it with how quick you take off, where the speed's coming in, weight being an issue, and you can't go under a certain, um, you know, weight limit, and just all the, the strategy, I guess, is is the right word for it. It's uh, tuning a race car is something else. Um, there's a lot of little fine, uh, a little does a lot sometimes um, when you're fine tuning these things. And you're talking, you know, we've got three thousand horsepower diesel hot rods where the the street outlaw guys, you know, those guys were cresting 4,500. So my gist of it, especially as a turbo maker, um, we are making, I've got new turbocharger stuff. It's like a G57 platform, so a big turbine wheel, bigger than a GT55, but bigger stuff. And we're looking at 3,000 horsepower fuel only turbos, and then we're going to spray these things well up into the 4,500 range eventually. I think my goal for this year is to see if we can't, you know, do settle the car down, go A to Bs. You know, we've been 421. A relatively medium kind of power level, about 2,300 horsepower. So not not leaning on it really hard uh, just yet. But uh, I think in the future, um, you know, we're going to be pushing that 4,000 mark to run down there in those 350s and 360s in, a, in an eighth mile at 200 plus. You know, but 380s is in my future this year. That's our goal at close to 200, if, if not just a little bit under. Um, and that'll put us right there at 34. 100 horsepower, 3,500, which is definitely doable. Um, it's just we have to finesse that chassis down the track and a um, couple little couple little tricks up our sleeve to make that happen. So it's more than just power. Yeah, that's that's what I. Uh, that's just what I realize. You know, some of these conversations is it's not just power. There's so much else that goes into it. And I know people love to check out your car and what you guys are doing. What are some other events or places that people are going to be able to watch you? watch the car you know so you go for that that 380 and you know almost 200 mile per hour trap speed heck yeah so i mean uh you know definitely going to be at ucc this year you know so that'll be really exciting down in indianapolis it's a great event you know a lot of people should come down and check that out if you've never seen a diesel event or you're maybe thinking about going to one and you only have time for you know get some time off work and go play the ucc event is just a phenomenal way to go see diesel racing in general um, so we're going to be there. Uh, we'll be in North Carolina, Rudy's event. It's a Outlaw Diesel Super Series points race. Um, it's going to be coming up, I think, second or third week of April, I believe. Um, so that's coming up soon. Um, we're going to be down there. It's um, Rockingham, North Carolina. And then uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky is back on the schedule. So the old TS uh, performance race kind of deal back in the day. Um, they put that back on the schedule. I'm not sure who's the lead sponsor of that one. I think the track is um, actually putting that one on too. So part of the points racing series as well. And that's going to be uh, one we're definitely going to hit in Bowling Green. Love that track and that town's uh, just a good place to hang out. Um, and again, I think uh, back at that track with the No Prep Kings as well. 
which will be uh, exciting for us. And then I think St. Louis, so I think it's a worldwide um, dragway in St. Louis. It's going to be uh, another one we're definitely going to hit. Um, there's another series we're looking at doing. Um, it's going to be like uh, Midwest Pro Mods. So they, they come up into Michigan, uh, not too far from us at uh, Martin, Michigan, mid-summer. So late, late July, I think, is when they're scheduled in there. So uh, great track, US 131 there, Martin, Michigan. So we're going to definitely get out there and play with the car guys quite a bit more this year than what we had been doing previously. Now, UCC, are you guys going to have a, a booth set up and people be able to yeah. chat with you guys? Yeah, heck yeah. We're going to have a lot of the a lot of uh, turbos on display. And then uh, we bring, you know, shirts and hats and T-shirts and swag. And then we get uh, a lot of cool giveaway stuff, too. We've got these little uh, turbo five-blade turbo air fresheners we give out to everybody. And uh, just a good time to meet and greet people and, to, you know, talk to put names with faces and uh, bring a couple things down and answer questions. Now, when you're at like a, uh, an event like UCC, it's it's something that we all think about these incredible dyno numbers and how powerful the trucks are at the booth. Do you get a lot of race questions like, you know, people that want to build race trucks are looking for a power number or is it more guys that tow and you know, or just kind of a little bit of everything that you hear at the booth. Sure. Yeah. Just a little bit of everything. You know, we've got the, we've got the farmers that got, you know, tried and true 12 valve, you know, they come in and trucks relatively, you know, stock, you know, a lot of times they pulled their hay wagon for years with it. And then eventually, you know, the old stock turbo went out and they're like looking at our shiny spinny things on the, on the table and like, Hey, what's this going to do for my, for my hay wagon pulling ability. So we kind of talk to them, you know, uh, you know, faster spool up and, uh, the cooler EGTs and some good torque to get you moving out of the cornfield when you're trying to pull two hay wagons at once or something, you know. So <laughs> we get those questions along with, you know, like the 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 guys that are looking at that level of competition say, man, how do how do I get started um, doing some of this, uh, getting into this and, you know, giving tips and tricks on, you know, how to approach the drag tree and what the trees mean and how you take the lights when you're drag racing. So some of that stuff, I think, on the drag racing sides um, intimidates people sometimes. Um, and a lot of guys just want to get into it on some level where it's just ET bracket racing. So it's really basic. You can take your stock truck. You don't have to get all crazy to have fun, you know. Uh, just take your stock truck and pull up there and go down the track. So it's a good time. I'm sure you've had customers like this, but somebody it, you know, may have been at UCC or they might have just stopped in the shop or you know, seen you out someplace and they ask that question of, you know, I, I really want to go fast. My truck's relatively stock right now. How do I do it? And then, you know, through the years, they start to get towards that level and make more and more power. What are some key things that they can do along the way to either choose the right setup at the start or avoid having to redo things? You know, is it, is it finding sure. a company or, a, you know, a series of companies to work with? Is it, picking the class first, the power number, what really helps those guys get to where they want to go? So I think like, you know, really you got to pick the class you want to be in. And then once you, once you've identified, like if you want to race 770 or even build like a, a pro street truck or something really crazy, you know, there's a lot of great helpful companies out there that would help you um, get started in a direction. Um, and we, you know, we recommend turbo sizes all the time and like combinations to do that drag racing stuff. Um, and then there's guys, you know, like the Firepunk boys, you know, they're really good at uh, some doing some of that chassis work stuff, as well as, you know, Tony down at uh, Hammer Tech Race Cars and, you know, 
there's a big family of uh, people out there that can get you the information you need. That's for sure. And, and it just starts by asking questions. There's really uh, make a phone call, you know, uh, check into what other guys are doing and uh, find out what class you want to be in and just uh, go for it, you know, have some fun. I think one of the biggest things, if I was thinking of doing that, and, you know, say I picked like a 2003-59 or an 0659 or something like that, is you've done it all. You've raced so many different platforms. Even though you know you sell turbos and manifolds and, and other things, I'm sure you've had plenty of experience with tuning companies and transmission companies and you know oh, suspension yeah. setups that if I went to you and said, Hey, this is where I want to go. I need this turbo. I need these kind of things. I know that you would be able to help or guide me um, with suggestions of places yeah, that could really help you. And that's a huge thing too. Like, you know, when you're building something like that and you want to get into it, it's like, you're going to get, you're going to read all kinds of different um, information on the internet. You know, it's hard to tell um, which direction to go in. So, I mean, like if you get to somebody that's like a seasoned veteran and somebody's done it for a little while, they can at least point you in the right directions. And it's not just that um, you need, you know, even if you didn't need a turbo or if you just need a recommendation on, you know, gear ratio, tire size, transmission gearing. Um, it's a huge uh, amount of data to take in when you're really getting faster. Um, you know, it's, uh, we bounce ideas off of each other all the time and, and more than willing to help uh, you know, customers out at every level. So. I follow you guys on social media and I see, I, I see a ton of posts with turbos, six, seven power stroke stuff, the HE351 VEs and tons of different things. And I'm curious, what, what are people asking you about? Are they asking, um, you know, for what kind of power levels can be supported? How do I install sure. it? What are some questions you guys are getting right now? Well, right now here lately, we've had, uh, you know, spring fevers coming, you know, tax times coming spring fever and guys are like, I'm getting a lot of questions about, uh, you know, hey, what do you think about dirt drag racing? And hey, what do you think about, you know, sled pulling and all this good stuff? And, and they might have a more mild 5.9 truck or just, you know, even, again, you know, the second gens and third gen platforms pretty hot um, nowadays. So a little bit older platform, but guys are playing with those a little bit more, I think. Um, so the, the, the dirt drag racing stuff is really popular in Indiana, I think, Ohio, and even starting towards uh, Michigan as well. So um so like the HE351s, you know, we've got some stuff that's relatively stock stock fuel, and um, we've got a pretty radical one that we're going on the dyno with here pretty soon. It's it's probably more like your work stock pulling unit. So be like a 68 millimeter compressor and like a 72 and a half uh, turbine wheel. And that thing, probably 1100 horsepower capability at the crankshaft. So it's, um, you can get rowdy as you want to when you start looking at these slip pulling classes and the dirt drag racing stuff and even uh bring that stuff to the you know show up at ucc with something like that midsummer <laughs> just be ready so we're getting a lot of questions about that lately that's a good amount of power to to make with a uh with a bgt yep <laughs> yeah that that uh it's gonna be a wild platform what about the uh the power stroke and the duramax side yeah um the the l5p stuff is out there and uh Definitely going well. So a lot of guys getting some great feedback on that. Um, and then uh, the 20 plus uh, Ford stuff is still in beta testing. Uh, basically, production stuff's coming, uh, waiting on some castings and some pieces parts so we can start releasing those very soon. Uh, hopefully, Q, you know, Q2 of this year, they should be out uh, for sure. And then uh, 
at that point, we'll have every single stock appearing both on turbo available uh, in our five delayed mafia line. So it's going to be uh, exciting to have all of that under one roof. The L5P stuff seems like it's really going to take off even more than it did with HP tuner stuff and the way that people can just access tuning. And you know, Fast was on telling us about their um, like code-free lift pump kit and just the performance side of that should see a bump here pretty soon. Yeah, it's going to say, I mean, you know, I think HP tuners, a lot of guys are dealing with those in the, on the Duramax platform for the new stuff. It seems like it's a neat platform. Um, there's a lot of gas drag racers that use that for logging. And, uh, you know, the, the Hellcat guys, the Mustang guys are using uh, HP tuners and uh, just like the diesel boys are too. So I'm like, it's, uh, the future's definitely going to be uh, performance related. That's like looking out there. Um, a lot of different platforms are taking off. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see. I know the transmission side of those with the 10 speeds is going to be something that they'll have to tackle, but it, I think just with the access or ease of getting your truck tuned and then the parts that are going to come along for it and then the transmission development, it'll be really interesting to see how the GM line progresses, you know, th- yep. through that. Yeah, and... the, yeah the, the, the 10 speed transmission, it's, it's going to be wild, you know, um, it's, it's going to be uh, like when you really start laying some power down through those things. I think the new, uh, I think they they're teasing with the new six seven power stroke. I think twelve hundred foot pounds, if I heard right. Yeah. On the new, and that's a ten speed platform as well. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how those hold up. It's really tough. It would be so tough to pick a truck now between the three that are. They're all really good, uh, and you know, oh, no. like as an enthusiast, you always want to get a little bit more power out of them. It's like which one do I pick? <laughs> Yep. Yeah, the uh and the Fords are I mean like I'm a big Dodge guy, but I mean man, the Ford trucks are they're nice. And then like when they keep throwing out, you know, big torque numbers and five hundred horsepower and twelve hundred foot pounds, it's like it makes you excited to see, okay, well, okay, how what how how hard is Dodge gonna swing back with the Cummins horsepower and, and then what's the Duramax boys gonna do? How hard are they gonna push? So in the future it's just uh it seems like the the big three are pushing hard to uh um to feed that hunger for for power you know oh yeah well we think of what they come with now versus 2007 and a half 2008 they were pretty much right where the like the lbz and the the 5.9 were and you think a 500 horse or even more than that and 1200 foot pounds of torque stock off the lot people used to pay a lot of money to get that kind of those kind of torque numbers oh yeah you know, out of the oh, older yeah. trucks yeah and, and i'm kind of looking at it like you know look at look at what the uh, you know the mustang the Mustang platform, you know, they started out being some 500 horsepower stuff and 400 horsepower things. And now, I mean, you can buy a, buy almost an 800 horsepower factory Mustang right off the showroom floor, you know, no, you know, emissions intact. And the drivetrain is set up to take that abuse. Uh, just like the Dodge, you know, the, the, the challengers, the Hellcats, the, um, it, I think that the diesel will go that way as well. Just looking at what the, what the big manufacturers are, are doing. Uh, in the car side. I had a, uh, I had a question from a, a listener and he had inherited a truck and I think it was, I don't remember if it was a 12 valve or a, uh, a VP 44 truck, but it had been sitting a while <laughs> and he got it running and he said, he thinks he has a boost leak and he's like, I can't find this thing. And I know just from paying attention to diesel for a while, loving these trucks, they can be tough to find. Then I saw 
think it was on Facebook, you guys had a kit to help with that. So I wanted to chat with you about boost leaks and how people, you know, that are listening in the garage on the weekend, trying to get something running. What are some ways that they can, you know, try to isolate where it's coming from? Because it could be the smallest little thing that can do it or, you know, it's just, they can be tough to find. <laughs> now, I'll tell you what, the, uh, I got a, I got a, place near near and dear to my heart with the second gen trucks and i love the vps um like the second gen body style um, the uh the thing we find on as the trucks get older you know the intercooler core to the tank you'll find leaks there and it's something that's not obvious you might not hear it you know you still might be you know like a guy called me the other day hey johnny you know i think trucks trucks got some higher egt's than it used to have and i'm still making 35 pounds of boost and i'm still pulling my trailer but the egt's went up there was something going on lost my power lost my mileage you know my mileage dropped um from like i think he was getting like 18 19 he dropped down to 15 and he's just scratching his head so man i've checked everything i've you know changed the oil i had my injectors pop tested i did all this cool stuff and i didn't i said well did you boost leak check it he said no so puts it together and plugs this we make this little billet piece and it's uh, available in all kinds of different sizes. So like um, for your second gens, like your 351s, um, like a four inch boot, right? You just put an air compressor fitting in it. Uh, you can put a regulator on it if you want, um, but just plug it on there and it's a high pressure boost checker. So some of these ones, like you can go to Home Depot and buy a boot and kind of rubber piece and some plastic PVC, but that thing will blow off the front of the turbo and scare the crap out of you if you get it much over about 15 pounds of pressure. <laughs> Um, so our boots kind of made ro really robust with our, you know, 130 pounds, you know, tested boot pressure, you know, five and eight layer boots, depending on what boot size we got. But, um, typically you're testing 20, 30 pounds of boost. If you're running, you know, 30, 40 pounds of boost, you can test at that level too, if your air compressor keeps up. But, um, on a second gen, the heater grid gaskets will start squealing like a balloon, um, at say 40 pounds, but it won't do it at 20 pounds when you're testing. So there's some weird stuff you can find if you do test at high pressure. So we built this thing and uh, we got them available in a master kit for like shops out there that want to get every single size. I think it goes down from like three inches all the way up to five and a half inches in increments um, and everything in between, you know, three and a half, four, five inch, all kinds of neat, neat stuff there you can test with that. Um, but on the second gens, as the trucks get older, I'm finding a lot of guys having core on the on the passenger side core, the tank essentially, and the cores right there with our solder jointed together. Um, there's some leaks right there, and it's hard to you might hear it, but you can't can't feel it. But you can hear something going on. I tell them my trick is if you don't have a smoke machine, a lot of shops will get little smoke machines and smoke check them, and you'll see where it's leaking. But if you're at home and you're doing this in your house, you know your shop at your house, your garage. Um, you can plug this little simple boost leak checker on, um, plug that thing in. And if you can't find it, sometimes the, the plenum gaskets on the back of the cylinder head kind of on the side, hard to reach might leak like the 12 valves and the VP trucks. They got a red paper gasket that's factory. And sometimes it'll blow out in between bolt holes and, uh, you'll lose your mileage. And this other gentleman, he found an intercooler leak. Um, but I've seen all kinds of weird leaks, but you can take baby powder, just a little handful of it and or squeeze bottle and squeeze it in the general area and you'll watch it blowing in a direction you can find the leak pretty quick it, are those 
are those points where they leak on the second gens still common on third gens and even the six seven commons? And something I'm seeing on the on the third gens differently than the second gens is like these trucks. You know, they're, again, they're getting twenty years old, uh, 15, 20 years old, and what we're finding on those. Um, the early model years had a plastic tanks and those things are notorious for blowing up if you uh made made a little bit more than factory boost so um the 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 aluminum tanks uh same thing on the on the third gens for sure you can see it on the driver or the pasture side that's the hot side of the intercooler and i think the thermal expansion over the many years of service causes that that uh, attachment point to start leaking and that's 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 a pretty common point even in the third gens but Another point that's something that, that we see on the third gens and fourth gens now that, that those are getting a little bit older is the map sensors are, if you do a boost check, it leaks, it blows the guts out of the map sensors over time. So the map sensor will start leaking boost out of it. Um, so we've seen some leak, but not throw a code, which is weird. Like when you think if the sensor went bad, um, it's still measuring boost, but it's leaking. And not just around the o-ring it's just like coming through the through it and out the top of the sensor so it's, it's like a two bolt uh hold down sensor with an o-ring kind of deal and uh through the sensor it's coming out so it's very interesting the older trucks are um you're finding weird things what did you never seen before because of the age so i'm sure there's some power stroke and duramax guys listening we'll ask them about those where do those <laughs> where, where do oh, those yeah. like there's some, oh yeah <laughs> You know, the older wide bridge O-rings, they used to be pretty notorious. You know, they dry out and they get hot heat cycling. So the O-rings just kind of degrade over time and get dried out and they shrink. And, you know, you get, you get 15, 20 years of, you know, 400,000 miles plus on some of the older trucks. Uh, they, they'll show some problems. <laughs> it's interesting how it might not just be obvious because I've been in some trucks where it's obvious there's a boost leak. Like sounds like that balloon that you mentioned, and like you know, but oh, yeah. trying to isolate it when you don't hear that would, uh, especially doing it, you know, in your garage or driveway or something like that. I think yeah. that kit will well, definitely I mean, help people. Yeah, the kit the kit works really good for high pressure and stuff like that. It comes you know all kinds of different options. You know, um, like I said, you can buy just a single boot and a single kit. I think they start out at just under 100 bucks and then uh, the master kit you can get every single boot size you could ever imagine to test test it all but i think the the funny thing is now too is like i think i and i talked with the boys the other day in the shop about this like years ago it's like when you'd have a boost leak man it'd be just so obvious right where nowadays you know the turbo technology's come so far that you got a tremendous amount of cfms even at low pressure so if you have a boost leak it won't be as obvious but like in some cases so you can have a perfectly great running truck and no red flags you know your mileage is good your um your power is really good your egts are low um drivability is fine you're not hearing any odd sounds and then you can have a a really decent boost leak still but not an obvious sign so one of those things where um it's it's kind of like i tell guys i said you know what when you when you take your Take your air filter off, whether you know your SMB air filter, and you're going to clean this thing out, or your K&N filter. Um, you're going to wash that thing, change your oil on a Saturday. I said, man, you should boost leak check that at the same time. That's like one of your maintenance items. I'd highly recommend that. What are some other things you guys are are working on that people should keep their eye out for this spring and into early summer for either turbo kits or other parts or upgrades that you guys got? We definitely have. Uh, 
a couple new a couple new items coming down the line. It's uh, um, kind of we're always testing stuff all the time, but uh, we're really really uh, getting into the bigger turbo frames. So we've got a G fifty seven, which is bigger than a GT fifty five. We've done some billet center section for, for these things. So it's roughly um, about ten pounds lighter than a GT fifty five platform. Uh, it'll plug and play within the same range. So say we had a racer. Um, or a compound guy that might have a big uh, Garrett frame unit. Uh, we're going to be able to have some large stuff like four four point one inch compressor wheels. Um, it is maybe even up to five inch here in the midsummer that will that'll fit in that same platform. So it's going to be pretty exciting for the big boy stuff this year. Um, been quite a bit of testing. Uh, we use them on our Pro Mod, and uh, we're looking at different wheel designs. So the the unique feature about that big unit. Um, is it's a billet center sections lightweight for racing. We've got a nine blade turbine wheel, which is really prominent that we've been playing with for going on two years now with our stock appearing. Uh, the nine blade turbine has it's lightweight and a lot less drive pressure. And uh, instead of going to a bigger turbine wheel that could be lazier, um, we can do it within a normal size turbine and have really good leverage and low drive pressure. So that's I'm excited to see what the big stuff does this year. I had somebody that was, I would say, newer to um, the performance side of it, and I think they just got confused or lost in all the terminology between compressor, turbine, billet, different blade sizes, all these different things. And I'm, I know it's a really complex topic, but if you had to simplify it for somebody that's looking for not a full-on race truck, but, you know, a nice street truck, um, what should they keep in mind when they're looking at different turbo sizes as it relates to the compressor, the turbine, the number of blades, the materials that it is? That's a, that's a great question. Um, so when some of the guys would get a stock appearing, you know, say on the BP truck, for instance, and say they're, uh, the turbo went out, you know, they got, you know, nowadays, you know, it's common to see BP trucks, you know, 300,000 miles on them, uh, 400 now with the mileage in the year that they are. Stock turbos going out. And, you know, they're used to you know, might have a nice little edge monitor on it where they can see their boost, you know, 35 or 28 pounds. Usually it's like stock pressure. Um, but if they turned it up a little bit, maybe run 35 pounds or something. But um, we uh, when you put a bigger turbo on and uh, like stock sizes on those, you know, 56 millimeters, something small. And we'd say you get one of our 60 60s. So it's a little bit bigger compressor wheel size uh, for relatively low power, you know, 500 horsepower and down drivability. Um, they'll notice that, hey, you know, my EGTs are uh, a lot lower, but so is my boost. And why Why is that? And basically, um, when you go to a larger turbo size, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make more boost. Um, unless you have the fuel to kind of push it. So, like, we can have more flow, more CFMs at less pressure when you go to a bigger turbo. But you can also turn up the wick with larger injectors um and play at a higher boost level as well so it's kind of common like people think oh i'm going to put this bigger turbo on and it's going to make more boost and that's not always the case depending on the setup but it could be that way if they want it you know if you want to put more injector to it in some cases but just because you make less boost typically doesn't mean you're having less uh or more more or less egts but it's all about flow at pressure so larger turbos will move more air at less pressure and uh, if you turn the pressure up with additional fuel, you can make even more more boost and more flow. So it's uh, it's a question we get here and there. It's confusing, I know. As far as compressor sizes, um, 
we talk about like a usually the there's a a major and a minor diameter. So the you pull your air filter off the part of the compressor wheel that you see uh, right behind the air filter is typically the inducer. So that's inducting the air first. Uh, the the major diameter, the, the the larger diameter, is the exducer, and that's the side that's stuck behind the compressor cover that you can't see unless you remove that. Um, but we talk in terms of turbo sizes by the inducer. So the part that you see when you pull off the air filter. Um, exhaust wheels are a little uh, a little different, and they'll talk in terms of inducer or exducer. There's a, um, the part that you see if you pulled off your downpipe, that would be your exducer um, on the exhaust wheel. So that's the side of the exhaust going out. Uh, the pedal wheel coming in is a little bit larger, depending on the turbo size, and a lot of different ratios there. It's, it could be confusing for sure. Compressor sides, you know, it takes in the cold air. Uh, the turbine side is that's your hot exhaust side. Uh, just think when you, somebody's saying turbine, think jet engine turbine. You know, think hot uh, on that on that aspect of it. With the uh, with the wheel material, and I guess as far as the weight of it. And that was kind of another question he had is, well, what's the difference? I can see these cast wheels online for this price, but there's these other ones that cost a little bit more and they have these billet wheels. Is it about the weight and just the energy you need to spin them? And so like going to a billet unit um, or billet wheels is something where you can lighten that up and spool it a bit quicker and get on top of it faster. Yeah. the neat, I mean, the, the, the cast wheel stuff's good up to a point for sure. Uh, it does really well. Um, but when you want to take it to the next level, you know, you want something that's going to be um, something that comes on a little quicker, trans, transient boost response time. So like the, the weight of the compressor wheel and turbine rotor group together. Um, it's, if you have that mass to be quite a bit lighter, it'll transition faster. Um, say you're kicking down and you're going to pass, uh, pass somebody, um, that transition time to jump on boost is much quicker. Uh, spool up time from the stoplight taking off and pulling a wagon. Uh, it can come on boost quite a bit quicker. Um, when you're doing a billet wheel, the neat thing is, is like our five blade stuff, you know, it's pretty normal to see a seven blade cast wheel. And then uh, the five blades move air more aggressively, um, especially at less pressure. Um, they do really well at high pressure and racing applications. And if you're going to be uh, running the compound, the thing we found in a compound specifically, I think billet wheels do better for longevity where the cast wheels um I think they fall apart and degrade a little bit more with high heat being shoved into them in a compound system where the aluminum billet stuff is more robust. It's a stronger uh, component where the, the porosity in a cast piece can cause a weak point at a certain shaft speed, cause it to separate and uh, split the wheel in half if you're making really high, high boost and high heat. Uh, so that's a factor that the billet wheels are just a bit stronger, a higher percentage rate of being stronger. And then you can machine them. Uh, you know, CNC them things in such a way that they are lighter and they move more air um, compared to the cast stuff. So it's uh, a lot of options out there for sure. I'll probably just have him call you guys for exactly the setup <laughs> that, he, that he's got for it because I'll try to explain oh, yeah. it and I, I won't do a very good job of it. But I mean, it, <laughs> I, I was just thinking back to when I was trying to just interested in turbos and you're, when you're not familiar with them, it can be very confusing with inducer, exducer. Sure. Um, the number of blades, you know, which one do I want? Or people in different parts of the country might tell you, hey, run this turbo. And you look in there in Florida, sure. but you live in yeah. Montana or Idaho. And somebody else tells you, oh, it doesn't it doesn't spool that quick up here. It's just a smoke show. 
And so yeah. trying to navigate all that, I think, is where, you know, like you guys, this is what you guys do. It, it helps to pick up the phone or send an email or chat into you guys and ask those questions. Yeah, man, we speak turbo, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was really cool to chat with you. I, I'm really looking forward to the racing stuff. It's it's something like, oh, yeah. I just think over the last like year, it's kind of been like getting back to, you know, the races and the events that are going on and all the work, you know, that you put in over oh, yeah. well for a really long time, <clears throat> yeah, but especially, it's... you know, the last couple of years and how fast you're going and the things you guys are doing. It's, it's really exciting. Yeah. The technology is coming hard. And I mean, you know, all the guys here in the shop, I mean, it's definitely like our, our nights and weekends job, you know, we get the customer stuff out first and then uh, we start playing race, race car and truck in the weekends and, <laughs> Uh, nights and weekends so it gets really uh hectic sometimes for sure kind of feels like another full-time job at times um but yeah i'm super excited you know we've been involved in a lot of people's hot rods which is makes us feel good too you know to be involved and help other customers and, and, and dealers you know go fast you know like ryan for instance you know he's flying with that car um you know justin ziggler you mentioned ucc and the dyno um you know, we're working with justin on uh get the manifold on that 3,300 plus horsepower monster. And then, uh, you know, we were collaborating on, you know, tires, the best tire for the dyno, some different things like that. Uh, the drag radials definitely seemed to pay off for him. And we got, we got racers like uh, Mike Graves, Holly Rock and Maddie Graves, great father, daughter, uh, racing a dragster, uh, Duramax and a dragster platform. If you haven't seen those guys, you should check them out. They're racing in Florida this weekend. So anybody that's got flow racing or anything, they've been invited to the, basically the world series of pro mod. So really big yearly event down there in Bradington, Florida. Um, they have the fastest diesel in the world right now. So we got a set of our five blade 468s on a Duramax and uh, Mike Graves and Maddie are two awesome people, beautiful car. And she, she drives this thing like she stole it. It's fast. And uh, it's just uh, amazing to watch that team and how, how good they've been. Um, and then take it to another level, like uh, Rick Fleets. He's got that beautiful blue Chevelle. It's a 70 Chevelle. If you haven't seen that, uh, it's been on like sick week. He's been uh, um, all the drag and drive events. If you if guys that uh, drive their hot rods to seven or what, five tracks in five days. And uh, it's a really neat deal. It's a hot rod drag week. He's been on that as well. And uh, this thing goes like mid nine seconds, pulls the front wheels off the ground. It's got a Duramax in it as well. Uh, with one of our 472 units, a five blade mafia unit. So, and those guys are just, uh, it just blows my mind what the whole industry has been able to accomplish in the performance side. There's a, there's a whole lot of hot rods out there that are just, I could go on for a long time, but those guys are just <laughs> impressive and it's fun to be part of that. I love it. Yeah. I think this, this year is going to be really fun to pay attention just to all the different things. It can almost be challenging to stay on top of it all. Like, you know, I saw, oh, yeah. Uh, when, uh, um, some races with Maddie and um, you know some of some of her stuff, and then Ryan Milliken, and I see what you're doing, and then I know UCC's around the corner, and it's just it's it's like almost like Christmas time, just yeah, watching man, it. Exciting take time it to in. be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great, man. I can't wait to get out there and and uh, going fast again. So we're super close on the car. Um, should be uh, putting some more sneak peeks out. The hoods on it and. Uh, uh, a lot of new updates for it, and uh, we're looking we're looking to go fast this year. Well, it's always a, always a pleasure to chat with you, Johnny. I appreciate uh, your expertise and knowledge and sharing some some race stuff with us. Look forward to seeing you out there, 
and uh, you know, seeing some of these new products, new things you guys are going to be hitting the market with. Yeah, man. Good to be on again as well. Like I said, if anybody's got any questions, email us here, sales at stainlessdiesel.com. We'd be happy to answer uh, all your questions and help you go fast. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to dmaxstore.com. If you've got a Duramax looking to get some upgraded parts on it or some maintenance um, that you're wanting to do to keep the truck running as good as it can be, they've definitely got you covered with a bunch of different upgrades. And we know it can be kind of intimidating as well when, you know, if you just pick up a, a new truck, you may not know the service history on it, may not know where to start with things you should upgrade. They could... Um, can definitely help you out there. So just go over to dmaxstore.com or you can call them at 877 my dmax They love to chat about Duramax performance, upgrades, parts. Make sure that you guys get the things that you need to keep your truck running. Also, if you're in the market for a knife, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a discount code just for you guys. It's 20% off site-wide. Use code 20diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com. Great way to save some money on some cool gear. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23 Diesel, John, Caleb, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube podcast apps or on our Discord or TikTok, uh, message into us with uh, requests for guests or just to tell us about your build um, or, you know, or, or trying to put something together and don't know necessarily where to look and ask us for recommendations. We appreciate all your support over the years. 2023 is a big year for us. we got a ton of cool new things that are going to be coming out in uh hitting you guys with uh, just tons of information, tons of things you guys have asked for. So we've gone to more episodes per week to be able to be able to deliver that and look forward to getting that content out to you until next time. Keep the shiny side up.